Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Yours Truly podcast, or welcome for the first time if you've never tuned in until now. My name is Claire Tuning. I am your host and registered dietitian behind all things here at Yours Truly Nutrition, including the podcast. And this is episode 177 of the show. It also happens to be our February installment of the podcast because I release episodes monthly now. And I will introduce our guest and what today's episode is about here in a couple of minutes. I think you will love it. I selected this episode specifically for February because it has a lot to do with love and body and self-talk and a lot of these themes that tend to be pretty present on this love month of the year. Speaking of love and the love month, Do you all refer to February as the love month? Whenever I think of February, I think of red and pink and glitter and hearts and chocolate. Really, I view Valentine's Day as just a chocolate appreciation holiday. But I was on TikTok, naturally, leading up to Valentine's Day a few weeks ago, and I ran across this video. It was one of those videos where it starts off by saying, good morning to everyone except you know those. Like if I was going to make one, I would say good morning to everyone except those pushing detox teas and telling people coffee is a meal, just like all those things that you don't like. But this person said, good morning to everyone except those girls or those people who got little hearts on their nails for Valentine's Day. And I took that personally because I am out here with little hearts on my nails and I think they're the cutest thing. So little reminder to do what you love, even if someone calls it chuggy or weird, just do the little things that add even an ounce of joy to your day, to your existence, because I think that is important, even if that comes in the form of tiny little hearts on your nails. But speaking of the holiday where we celebrate chocolate, Have you checked out the chocolate sales on the shelves near you? Uh, Because I have. By the time this episode comes out, local stores will probably already be on to Easter candy and the Reese's eggs, which are great. But if you still have stores near you that are trying to offload their Valentine's Day inventory, then just don't forget to stock up on all the yummy things that we like to keep in the house because we can. Um, (laughs) With the chocolate conversation though, on actual Valentine's Day, I put up a question box on my Instagram story trying to get people to submit their vote for the best chocolate brand. And obviously, most of the submissions were Lindt and Godiva, Ghirardelli, Dove, those delicious, buttery, smooth, sweet chocolate things that we love. Um, I kept scrolling down, though, and I saw that someone had had the audacity to submit Hershey's in the running for best chocolate. And this is not a chocolate slander podcast. I am not here to drag the Hershey company. I think they make a lot of things that are tasty. I love a Hershey's kiss, but when we are talking about the best tasting chocolate, Hershey's is just like not on the list. And lo and behold, the person who submitted Hershey as an entry, there was only one 
out of the hundreds of entries, there was only one Hershey. And guess who it was? It was none other than my Valentine himself. My lovely boyfriend had submitted Hershey and I had to rethink a lot of things in that moment. So naturally I texted him immediately. What the heck? I am concerned. Do we need to broaden your chocolate repertoire? And he said, he started, started like laughing. It was a lot of giggles on the, the other end of the line. And he said he mostly just put that to see what I would say because he knows me well enough to know I would zero in on that and be like, what the heck? Who the heck is that? So anyways, I digress. Just wanted to share a fun little Valentine's Day themed story and a reminder that there are a lot of delicious chocolates out there, but if Hershey is at the very top of your list, might I recommend a Lindt Truffle, a Dove Square, one of those Godiva like caramel filled squares, just anything else to broaden your horizons. But in other news, unrelated to chocolate, but still related to February. This was our kickoff month in the Yours Truly Collective. We are officially in full swing with our first three-month group. If you're new to the podcast or new to hearing me talk about the collective, this is my new monthly membership program that's filled with non-judgment nutrition classes, cooking skills workshops, and a lot of non-diet community support as well. I hosted our first masterclass. We have one live class monthly in the collective. Our first one was February 13th, a little pre-Valentine's Day action, and we talked about intuitive eating versus impulsive eating and how to tell the difference between the two. I'm recording the intro for this podcast on the day of our live Q&A session in the collective, so I'm excited to see how that goes. One perk of membership in addition to admission to our monthly live masterclass is admission to our live Q&A session as well. The masterclasses are 75 minutes and the Q&A sessions that follow the week after are about 30 to 45 minutes. So this is really the chance for community members to get their questions answered on a monthly basis, whether that's a question about the class content or a question otherwise related to food, eating, body image that might be top of mind for them that month. So hopefully that Q&A session goes well, but I wanted to bring this up because membership only opens for enrollment every three months. So if you're listening to this in February, even though we have our March and April classes on the books. Those will not be open for anyone other than community members, but you will have the opportunity to join us to get in the collective starting again at the end of April. So if you are someone who wants to be in community, who wants to be surrounded by this type of content on a regular basis, monthly classes, monthly Q&A sessions, weekly support in the Facebook group, then keep an eye out because I will be talking here on the podcast and also on my social media channels as well near the end of April as far as how you can join us and get in on our next three-month session of enrollment. As far as today's episode goes, though, it is a guest interview, like I hinted at earlier, with body peace coach Nina Menelson. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Nina. I'll read the bio that she provided me so you know more about her and her credentials to talk on this topic. 
Nina helps people end the war with food and body and finally feel truly at home in their body as it is. She is known for her deeply feminist, anti-diet, body peace approach. She brings her 30 years of experience as a therapist, nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and body trust guide and psychology of eating teacher to help women create a respectful and trusting relationship with their food and their bodies. Nina's body piece work is all in service of helping people get off the diet roller coaster and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates a positive, long-lasting change in and with their bodies. Her courses, coaching, and poetry positively change the conversation that women are having with their bodies. She also writes body poems as a way to encourage a shift in the way we talk to and about our bodies. And you all are really in for a treat today because Nina actually shares in our conversation one of those body poems that she has written, and she also talks us through some practical tips and experiments for cultivating more peace in your relationship with food and body. I really loved talking to Nina. You'll see throughout this episode, she thinks a lot about these topics and she has a lot of experience working with hundreds of individuals on these topics of navigating body concerns and food concerns and you can just tell in her approach that she has so much compassion and a depth of understanding on these topics and her poems, at least the ones that I have read and the one that I listened to during this conversation are top notch. 11 out of 10. So if you want to learn more about Nina after this episode, which I am guessing you probably will, and if you want to get access to her free Practicing Body Peace journal, that's a freebie she has available on her website, then you can be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes below. But without further ado, let's go chat with Nina. Hey Nina, welcome to the Yours Julie podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. Claire, it is totally my delight to be here with you. And I know I just told you when uh, before we hit record that we're not going to use video. We're still not, but I have to let people know this setting behind you is so <laughs> beautifully pink and warm. I don't know. It's one of my favorite colors. It's just a very Aww. happy vibe coming through my screen. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's my office and um, I'm in here a lot. And so I made it just what I wanted it to be. And it's sort of telling, you know, in COVID where this room was being used for different things. And I was like, well, let me, you know, clear it out a little. And thankfully my partner said, nope, take everything out and only bring in what you want. And that was such a um, invitation. And it's such a good invitation for us in life. Like, okay, let's just clear the slate. What do I want? What do I really need here? What would truly nourish me instead of being stuck with all the old stuff? And it's very apropos to what we're talking about, which is when we're coming from a history of old diet messages and old good food, bad food messages. So anyway, it's just a riff off of your observation, but how the space came to be. Yeah, it's cool how we can um, find a little bit of that getting rid of the old and in with the new and in with what makes us feel nourished in our space as well with in our, in our life, which we'll talk about. But before we get there, I have some this or that questions. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. First one is, are you a night owl or an early bird? I am in the middle. 
<laughs> I don't do well when I'm up super late and I don't do well when I'm up super early. I kind of like that middle ground for me works well. I don't know. What would, what would we call the middle ground? Maybe like a middle ground owl? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Something Maybe like- not an owl at all. That's the thing. Not an early bird, not a night owl. Maybe just like a, I don't know, like just some mammal traveling <laughs> the world. It's nighttime. I go to sleep. I like to sleep in. I think of myself a little more bear-like actually. Okay. And then okay. there's periods of hibernation. Oh, okay. The analogy really goes with the bear there. Yeah. There uh, go. Next one. If you're going to have a dressing, let's say on something like a, a wing type of situation, do you prefer ranch or blue cheese? I actually love green goddess. I love things that are like avocado-y and herby and sort of like luscious and yummy that way. So I'm neither. I'm sort of going either. You're going either or. And I'm like something else, please. You're like, this game is called this or that. No, I would like to be in the middle. like Something else. I would like to be something else completely, which is good, right? That's what we need in life. What do we want? Let's see if this next one is either or you or in the middle. Okay. Would you rather vacation or staycation? Like relax in your home or relax while traveling? Well, true to form, I would like something else. So this is, I just got back from a trip. And what I did instead of going to a vacation and going to hotels is I get Airbnbs. So I feel like I get to nest places, Uh but I get to explore new places. So this or that or something else entirely. Okay, right, right in the middle. There again, right Right in the middle middle there. I have two more. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this next one has any space for middle, but we'll see. (laughs) The next one, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter oh I actually do come down strong on crunchy ah same yeah same you you made me nervous there you made me nervous when you said you come down strong on this I'm like I don't know if we can move forward I do I do and final one there is definitely middle ground on this one so we'll see where you fall Mm -hmm. for music selection country or pop? And I know there's a lot of varieties underneath, but generally yes. speaking, would you like more country or popular upbeat type music? Um, I would say, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm like, so here's what I'm really into right now is uh-huh. uh, women jazz vocalists. Samara Joy is big on my playlist right now. Melody um, Gardot is big on my playlist, really powerful women who are just belting it out. So, and that could show up in pop and it could show up in country, but I love like, you know, think Dolly Parton, think Cher, think uh-huh. women who are super powerful, who are just like being completely self-expressed in their own way and not inhibited. That's my vibe. That's a beautiful genre of music. I think you just, yes. you know, assigned words to a whole genre <laughs> Uh, Well, now that we've gotten to know you in more of a fun, lighthearted, this or that or otherwise type of way, I would love to share just a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do on a daily basis in this beautiful office of yours and how you came to do it. So part of the origin story that's led you to today. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say this or that is very fun. Um, I'm thank glad you for you that. Uh-huh. I did. Totally delightful. Um, and I'm a body peace coach. 
So a body piece is a term that I've actually trademarked. Um, and what I do is help women end the war with their food and body. And the reason I am so deeply passionate about it is because that was me for decades, being at war with my own body, struggling with, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, struggling with these genes don't fit the way they ought to, I'm putting that in air quotes, right? Um, struggling with, oh my gosh, I've gained weight. Struggling with, oh, I lost weight. How do I keep this off? Struggling with, what does this person think about me? Struggling with, I'm walking into a room and I am comparing myself to every single woman in the room and feeling less than, right? So I was in the war, in the struggle, on the diet roller coaster, um, always hating my body. And so my journey to healing my own relationship with my body and relationship with my food also became a professional journey. I became a therapist. I became a psychology of eating coach. I became a body trust provider, um, intuitive eating coach. And all of those things, all of those different things that informed my personal journey and professional journey are what created this body of work that I use and work with with women called body peace. So that's what I do and why and why I came to it and why I just feel like I, I always want to, you know, holler it from the rooftops, this idea that yes, you can feel at home with your body. And yes, you can feel like eating is not, you know, a land, a field, a landmine field, you know, it's can be a place of, I feel nourished. I feel good. I feel at home in my body. And I don't mean that in a like, I call it like a super enthusiastic way, like, oh my gosh, every day I love my body and I feel like I always make the perfect choices for with everybody. Like that's just not real life, right? That's why this isn't body love. This is body peace, right? In any relationship, whether it's with a kid, a parent, a partner, a friend, you don't every single moment isn't like, oh my gosh, we are just the best together. Like that's not real. And when we put that on ourselves, and I did for a decade, like looking in the mirror going, I love my body. I love my body. And all I heard was my brain just like laughing at me. Like just, that's not true. That's not how you feel. That forcing it actually makes us feel like a little inauthentic mm -hmm. with ourselves. So body peace is about having an authentic, connected, caring, supportive, respectful relationship with your own body and food. I like how you explain that this is not body love. I love myself all the time. I think I'm amazing. <laughs> I think I'm so great because you're right. You used the word inauthentic a couple of minutes ago to describe that. I told you, you earlier before we hit record, I'm a dietitian. I talk a lot about the food piece, but it's unavoidable, unavoidable to also talk about bodies, right? We have to talk about bodies when we're talking about food. And I've had so many clients share with me that they've heard this idea of body love before. I call it like the land of rainbows and unicorns and everything's <laughs> wonderful all the time. And that turns them off because yes. it feels inauthentic or because they're trying to slap an affirmation on top of all of these wounds or on top of all of this body hatred. And it doesn't work. It doesn't feel fitting. It doesn't feel like it's actually getting to the root 
of why they feel so much discomfort. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing. This is not the, I love myself. This is great all the time. This is working towards peace and being in relationship with, like you also talked about, oh, go ahead. No, you insert. No, no, no. So, so one thing I wanted to interrupt while we're talking about love, body love being too hard. So Uh one of the things I do is I write body poems and I write them, I started to write them because it was a way of expressing how I feel about my body. But then, you know, all day, every day, I hear women's stories about their bodies. So a lot of my body poems are a way to have a conversation and create new vocabulary and new ways to think about our relationship with our body and our food. And so one of the poems that if you're willing to indulge me that I Uh wrote is called loving your body is too hard. So are you okay? If I, I would, I would love that. Share this. Read away. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this poem is called loving your body is too hard and speaks exactly clear to what you were saying. Like it just starts to feel not real, right. Inauthentic. So loving your body is too hard. I tried. I really tried hard. Every day I would stand in front of the mirror and affirm, I love my body. I love my shape. I love myself. I channeled my inner Louise Hay. I wanted to be that person who loved herself, loved her curves, even loved her thighs. It didn't help. I still heard that mean mirror voice laughing, mocking, cutting at me in her disbelief of my body love. Loving your body is too hard. It was too hard for me, too big a leap, too far to go from being indoctrinated by diet culture, by an industry making money from my shame. Body love was only for the thin. If I was anything but thin, body love was settling. Body love was giving up. So I gave up on body love. I settled on a body relationship, a real relationship full of hate and anger, so much grief, a relationship riddled with annoyance, impatience, and snarkiness. And the longer I hung out in this real relationship, I found something started to shift. New experiences started to emerge. True appreciation, actual body peace, moments of ease. And then there it was like a gem glistening amidst a mountain of rocks. Some love for myself. Some actual body love in the midst of a mess of relationship. The reality of everyday feelings. There she was, sparkling appreciation, compassion, caring, support for myself, body love. Body love is too hard, too big a stretch. Let's start with being in a real messy relationship. Start there and see what gets uncovered. I... I'm so grateful that you shared that. I'm sitting over here smiling the way you read it, the delivery, the words. I can imagine our listeners are really resonating with that too. And I think we might have just found the episode title. If you're okay with me using that. Body love is too hard. Body love is too hard. Body love is too hard. And I didn't plan to um to set up the the whole relationship talk, but I'm glad you interrupted me as well because I think it's super helpful to frame our relationship with a body being similar 
to our relationship with other people in life. You even said before your relationship with a friend, a partner, a coworker, it's never going to be smooth sailing all the time. It's never going to be, I love you so much all the time. And my love never fluctuates. It never falters. It's going to be some days you annoy me. And some days this is really wonderful. And some days I just like you. I might not feel like I love you, but I like you, right? It's all of these different feelings in one. And I think when we can compare our relationship with the body being like our relationship with someone outside of ourselves, it is helpful. And it kind of puts perspective that it doesn't always have to be love all the time because no other relationship is like that. And it's unfair for us to have that expectation on ourselves and our relationships with our own bodies. I love how you say it's unfair, right? It's an unrealistic expectation. You're asking too much and it's a setup. It's the setup for feeling bad about yourself, right? When we're around, um, suppose you're with a partner, right? And you're at one of these parties and everybody's like ooing and aahing over their partner. It's a setup because what's going to happen is you're going to go, what's wrong? Like, you know, the inside part of your relationship when you're fighting over toothpaste caps or toilet seats or, you know, whatever the heck it is, right? So you internally go, oh gosh, what's wrong with me? And that's natural because it's like so over the top positive, right? This is where we can get into the toxic positivity. I really believe in having positive energy, but when we get into this like, and now everything is rainbow and unicorns and sunshine, eh, I don't know. That's not my experience of life. In fact, I don't know that that's anybody's experience of life. Part of being, feeling really at home in ourselves is being able to ride the journey of life, the times where there is incredible grief, right? We've all been through that with COVID, right? And many people are dealing with the aftermath, the losses that happened there, the change of body that happened during that time, the job changes, all the changes that happened, right? So people are navigating change. It's how we need and want to navigate change within ourselves and change within our body. And that requires compassion. Right. When you said, oh, that's not fair. It's not a fair thing. It's not compassionate to always expect us to get like A plus on everything. And oh, you didn't get an A plus. Mm, You failed. That's not life. And that's not kind. And it's not compassionate. And it's not what we deserve. I like how you bring up the point about um, it sets us up for failure to expect such a high level of body love all the time. The number of times I've had a client in session come to me and say, I feel like I'm failing at this work, or I feel like I'm not trying hard enough or I'm doing a bad job because I'm having some negative or uncomfortable thoughts towards myself. We view the presence of those thoughts as evidence that I'm not doing enough. I'm not trying hard enough. Something must be wrong with me, but that can change if we flip the script a little bit and say love was never the goal (laughs) in the first place to have that be this static thing that we achieve and we check it off the list. If we remove that as the goal and we say, 
What if peace is the goal? What if being in relationship with is the goal? What if nourishing is the goal? So like your whole definition, right? Of body peace, it changes the expectations that we place on ourselves, And I think it opens up more room for the compassion that you're speaking about. Absolutely. And it changes also, it's a different narrative than our culture is telling us, right? Our culture is telling us, you know, look like so-and-so influencer, look like so-and-so Hollywood star, right? Again, that's that high expectation that we can never actually meet. So if we can be in authenticity, in peace, in what is real life every day, what is like normal eating, not like supersonic, you know, perfect nutrition, everything, every morsel is a superfood eating. Like that's just not sustainable. It can be fun for a week, right? Ooh, let me like totally get into wild blueberries because they are a really great superfood. I'm going to put them in everything. They're awesome. Okay. But then after a week, you're like, okay, wild blueberries. Yeah, that's good. I'd like to have something else, right? Anything we get into, in that kind of obsessive way makes it hard to navigate and make a relationship, a long-term relationship with our body sustainable. I talk to many women who have been on the diet roller coaster for decades. And often when they're in their 60s, 70s, and 80s and talking to me, they will say, I just don't want to die hating my body, right? So there is an imperative for us to shift that relationship to be one that feels nurturing, respectful, and doable, right? Because there's a natural tendency when we're like, okay, I really want to take care of myself. I really want to work on my relationship with my food. I really want to work on my relationship with my body. Okay. What's the plan? Give me the plan. And then I'm going to stick to the plan. But what you can't see in when you're hearing is my fists getting tight right? What does that feel like when we're like, okay, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to like get really ready for this marathon. It's exhausting. We can't keep that up. Right? So yeah, I think we're so, um, we're so trained to think in terms of the plan, the solution, the fix. I want steps one through seven. I mean, what does that sound like? That sounds like a diet. It's a little bit easier to call out in the form of a diet because we can see red flag restriction, red flag, cutting out that food groove, red flag, all Mm -hmm. of these things. It's a little bit harder to catch. I feel like when we're talking about body relationships, because we do hear so much about body love, right? But I think if we're expecting the plan. I just follow these steps and I do these things and magically it's going to change my whole relationship with myself. It's, it's usually not that linear. (laughs) It's not that easy. It is a lot of the up and down, right? A glimpse Mm -hmm. of love today, discomfort tomorrow, a glimpse of acceptance today, a glimpse of, I really don't like this part about myself tomorrow. It's, it's a lot of the up and down, which I guess actually brings me to a question that I have for you. You listed out a moment ago, you're going to have to refresh my memory, but you listed out 
three things. Doable was one of them. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember what the other two were? I wanted to pull a question. From um, that's interesting. So I think I might've said sustainable, uh -huh. well, do doable, sustainable. That's similar, uh -huh. right? Respectful and nourishing uh -huh. for me. Are those some of those what okay. really core foundational pieces that make a good relationship work for long-term? Right. So respectful, nourishing, mm -hmm. doable. Mm -hmm. What yeah. would you say, or what do you see in your work with clients over the years? What are the biggest hurdles to finding that, to finding the yeah. respectable and the nourished and the doable? Yeah. What gets in the way if you could boil it down to several that you see most often? <laughs> there's probably okay. a lot. So but... <laughs> there's so many, there's so many. Okay. So if we look at, let's start with doable, sustainable, mm -hmm. right? As, and this comes back to that idea. We just want a plan. Well, when a plan is restrictive and not flexible and doesn't let us move with our life and how our life changes and the seasons that change and the, the holidays that happen, right? Then it's not sustainable, right? A plan that is doable is one that is flexible, that acknowledges that life is always changing, that we are always changing if we're lucky, right? We want to be evolving as human beings. If we're static, like, ugh, you know, we've all met those people who are stuck way back when that they didn't evolve, right? So one is this idea that, okay, I'm going to have a plan and I'm going to hold on to that plan. Let me tell you, that was me a million times. I was like, oh, I am eating this way. I'm going to eat this way forever. This is really going to do it for me. Well, for a little while, right? So anything that you start going, feeling fanatical about, feeling like you're gripping, that's a little bit of a red alert. Oh, maybe this is not as sustainable. If I'm hanging on to it, like for like my life depends on, on it, mm -hmm. not so sustainable, right? Respectful. Here's what gets in the way of respectful is our mean inner critic. And we want to really hear her and listen to what you say to yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, what you say to yourself when you walk by a window down the street, what you say to yourself when you're shopping for clothing, when you're shopping for a bathing suit, watch how you talk to yourself. It's a huge clue because imagine your you. And next to you all day long is someone going, oh, I can't believe your thighs. I can't believe your belly. Oh my gosh, you're so fat. I can't believe you just ate that. It, literally, this is what I hear women say all the time and much worse, much worse. Oh my God, you're so disgusting. Imagine that came from someone else. You'd be like, dude, no. Back it up. That is not the way I deserve to be spoken to. I deserve respect. So my invitation, right, when you're on your way to trying to create a respectful relationship with your body is first listen for that inner critic because it's so automatic for so many women that we don't even notice it. It just is like this law. It's just like a running narrative of criticism, of hate. So one is just notice. So that's the respectful piece, how to start on that journey. And what gets in the way is the criticism. 
And there's different parts in terms of unpacking that criticism and how to shift that critical voice. Um, but the first step in all of that is notice it. Oh, that's critical. Oh, that's mean. Oh, wow. Can't believe I said that to myself. Just notice it. What I, it's what I call putting a sticker on it. Oh, mean. Oh, critical. Oh, harsh. Wow. Can't believe that came out of my brain. Right. Then the other thing that we talked about is nourishing. Nourishing, what gets in the way of nourishing is such a great question. What gets in the way of nourishing is our whole culture telling us what we need. It's everybody else saying, you should eat this. You shouldn't eat that. You should do this. You should do that. What is nourishing? I don't know what's nourishing to you, Claire, is going to be different than what's nourishing to me, right? So this idea of having a nourishing relationship with our life really sinks us into this conversation, deep conversation with ourselves. What does nourish me? What do I want? What does light me up? What makes me feel like, mm, oh, <sighs> relaxed, yum, right? For some people, it's, I don't know, a beach vacation. For some people, it's skiing the Alps. Who knows? We're different. Thank goodness, right? But what gets in the way of that is our culture telling us, specifically telling women how to be, what to want, and what to look like and what not to want. You broke that down perfectly, <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> Remembering all the things, I'm, I'm impressed that you remembered the three because I had to say, what, what were those after hearing them? After it might not them. be what I actually said, but they were but the, worth exploring. Worth exploring, uh, worthwhile to, to hear that as well. When you were going through those, Nina, you offered some very tangible tips. I love the tip of acknowledging or recognizing the monologue going on in our head and the sticker idea, just that was mean, that was critical, that was harsh. Why did I say that to myself? Just noticing, I love that tip. But while we're talking about tips, one thing that I always love to ask podcast guests is if someone is listening to this conversation and they're newer to this idea of body peace, maybe they've never heard a professional like yourself say, mm -hmm. body love isn't the goal. You don't have to aim for that. What is a starting point for that person? I know there could be many and it's going to be dependent on the individual, but a place for them to yeah. begin learning more about this or exploring how this might fit into their life. What would you say? Yeah. So one of the things that I, well, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh -huh. So um, are you up for it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this is an exercise that you can come back to over and over. So Claire, I'm going to guide you in it and whoever's listening, let's go with it. So okay. take your hand, put it on your heart mm -hmm. and just feel your breath, move your body. You can have eyes open. You can have eyes closed. Just feel your hand move, right? What we're doing is coming into our body. Oh, I have a body here, right? And I'm connecting with it. And then Try on the word. You can say it to yourself quietly. You can say it out loud. You can yell it. You can say it in a million different tones of voice. Try, and this is straight to your body, the word hello. And notice what happens when you just stop, connect with your body, and say hello. 
So Claire, what do you notice? I would almost describe it as a, a softening in a sense, yeah. like yeah. softening of not only my, my posture and kind of how I'm sitting physically, it's more of a relaxed notion, but it's also a softening yeah. of the thought reel that was going pretty fast before that. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to need next? Or what are we going right? to get into? So it's a softening of that. It's also very, it's a very kind in a very tender way to mm-hmm. address your body. Cause how yes. we might say hello to someone else, right? A friend coming into your house, who you're hosting, we would greet them with a very warm hello. I don't know exactly. if I've ever said hello to myself. It's kind of surprising in that way, but yeah, the best way I would describe it is yeah. the softening, the slowing down, the, the tenderness of it. And it is, right? That's how we want to start to approach our relationship with our body. It's how we start any conversation, right? When we started talking, hi, right? How are you? It's how we start a conversation that is full of warmth, that is full of caring, that is full of respect, right? It's how we set the stage for communication. So whether, you know, you're new to body peace and this whole idea of feeling at home in your body, the first step is let's start a conversation. I have a body. It's my body. This is a relationship that's going to last me the rest of my life, right? This is the longest running relationship I have in my life. I was born into this body. I will die in this body. This is a relationship worth working on. This is a relationship worth tending to. So often, like if I'm traveling and I'm on a plane, you know, person next to you says, what do you do? And if I said I was a body peace coach, they'd be like, no clue. Right. So I say, I am like a couple's counselor, except that instead of working with a woman and her partner, I work with women and their bodies. And they're like, oh, I get it. And that's the work. That's the work. We want to start couples counseling with our own body. And the way we start that is to start a conversation. And the way we start a conversation is we say, hello. And notice, oh, your body, some, some people's body, like me, you haven't talked to me ever. Are you kidding me? Like, you're talking to me now. You actually want to know what I think, not what, you know, Joe Schmo superstars newest diet is. You Uh want to know me. That's an interesting and juicy conversation to get into. It brings me back to our whole analogy that has spanned this episode about the relationship, being in relationships with your body, like you're in relationships with other people. Can, can we imagine, I'm imagining this, maybe our listeners can too, for your partner, for a friend, for a family member, if you had an interaction with them where there was no greeting, it was like, I'm not going to acknowledge you. I will not right. say hello. I will not acknowledge your presence in this space. Of course, that's going to be a pretty fraught relationship. It's going to be like, what yes. the heck? something is wrong. <laughs> this feels off. It doesn't feel good. So really, when we put that into perspective of do we greet ourselves? Have I said hello to me? What do I need? It's, it's really interesting when you frame it that way and helpful to have that tool, the connection yeah. tool of let me connect, say hello and move forward from there. Um, 
Nina, this has been wonderful. You've shared so many helpful things in your um, your poem that you shared earlier too. So I'm going to give you a minute to just plug yourself and your social channels where people can learn more about you. And I don't know if those poems are things that you publish or share, but if there's a spot where people can find those, I'm sure they would love to know. Yeah. So, um, so all of those things get wrapped into one uh, really powerful resource on my website, which is that I have five of my poems and 20 questions. So the poems are there to get you thinking about your relationship with your body a little bit, getting you into a different conversation. And the 20 questions are, hey, how's this relationship going? Right? One of the first questions is, how would you describe your relationship with your body? And the questions deepen and help you get, take those first steps towards, I actually want to create a relationship. So What's it looking like now? How has it been? What's the relationship been historically and where do I want it to go? So it's called the Practicing Body Peace Journal and it's on my website. You can find it at Body Peace with Nina all, um, or ninamandelson.com, whatever is easier for you to spell. And it's also very beautiful. You know, obviously I'm into the aesthetics of all things. So it's, it's really beautifully um, designed and it's there to help you step in to this long-term relationship in a way that is nourishing, respectful, and doable. Um, and you can also find me on all my, you know, on Instagram as Nina Mandelson, on Facebook as Nina Mandelson, on TikTok, on LinkedIn, on all the places. All the places. And we'll be sure to have all of those linked in the show notes below. And we'll include a special link as well that goes straight to that um, journal you're talking about. Because I'm guessing many people who are listening, their ears perked up. They're like, I can get more of those poems. I can have reflection (laughs) questions. So we'll be sure to have that linked below. But Nina, it has been wonderful chatting with you. I feel like I selfishly gained a lot from just hearing you speak. So I'm excited to share this with the world. But our listeners, that is all we have for you today. So we're going to sign off by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Nina. That's a wrap for episode 177 here on the Yours Truly podcast. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with both myself and Nina. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and it is not lost on me that if you've listened up until this point, then we have spent a solid 46 going on 47 minutes of time together and I know your time is valuable. So thank you for choosing to spend it here. And yes, I meant choosing as a pun as always. But if If you would like to share today's episode, if you found it valuable, if you learned something, if you know of anyone in your life who could benefit from this message, you can tap the three dots on the bottom of your screen and get the link to today's episode, send it out in a text or an email. If you want to take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this and share it on social media, you can tag both Nina and myself. Our handles are in the show notes below. And as always, I hope to see you back here very soon on March's episode of the Yours Julie podcast. But until then, take care, stay hydrated, stay nourished, and don't forget about those chocolate sales, y'all. But I'll talk to you soon.